Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Alexis. We had five kids in seven years. People think we're crazy, and sometimes we think they might be right. But most of the time, we love it. We hope this is a place where you can learn to be a better parent, but without taking yourself too seriously. Whether you're a new parent or have a few years under your belt, we hope you can find something new to think about. Or laugh about. After all, this is Parenting in Real Life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 40. Episode 40. That was a big one. We're over the hill. Oh, yeah. Um, so our real-life parenting moment just happened yesterday. We took all the kids and Alexis to get their flu shots, because get your shots. <laughs> yeah. But Jack, we've been talking about it for a while, so there was chatter going around about flu shots, and some of the kids were more nervous than others, Ended up they all got mists instead of shots, so there's nothing to worry about, but... Oh, just so you know, there is an option in some places to not do the shot, but to do the flu mist where they just sprayed up their nose. You have to be at least two. And, and under 60. And under 60. So this is great for the little kids and the kids who are really nervous about the flu shot. So ask and see if they have it because it's a nice alternative. And I talked to a pediatrician and he said it, I think it works just as good, if not better. So do it. There you go. That's our unaccredited recommendation. Yeah. You can ask your pediatrician if you want to know more. <laughs> but anyway, they all thought they were getting shots because we didn't know they wouldn't have to. And Jack, as we we're talking about it, he says, flu shots aren't scary. You won't die. <laughs> so we're like, You're right. You're right, Jack. From the mouth of a two-year-old. Don't be scared of shots. You're not going to die. Actually, Alan was scared. Was scared. Alan was afraid of getting a flu shot. I don't love shots. Not gonna <laughs> lie, but mostly because it reminds me of giving blood, and I am afraid of that. It's just—is it the blood or the needles? It's the vampires, or both. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we've ever mentioned on this podcast. We probably have that. I used to donate plasma when I was in college, and I was just talking to Alan's brother. And he does that right now. He's in college and how we both like watch the needle, like go into our arm because <laughs> it's interesting. And we're like, compared to Alan and his wife, we're like, no, no needles. Like they would never, they would never donate plasma and donating yeah. blood is rough. <laughs> yeah. It's scary. <laughs> it's okay. You'll not die. You'll not die. You don't know that. I do know that. You might pass out. <laughs> there is that. I have a fear of passing out. Well, some people do pass out when they donate blood. And I have a fear of passing out. Yeah. So you could. And I would. <laughs> I'll catch you. Names. <laughs> I just go for the cookies and the juice box at the end. <laughs> I have a physical on Tuesday and they might have to draw blood. I'm not sure. Last time they just pricked my finger, but I don't know. And if they draw my blood, I'll probably cry a little bit. <laughs> I won't. But last time I yelled at the guy. You yelled at him? Mm -hmm. Why? Because I thought they were just going to prick my finger. He's like, no, we're going to have to get a couple vials. And I was like, what? Why? Are you serious? <laughs> yes. My mom was with me. She oh, came. I thought this was when you went like with your work a few weeks ago. No, no. Oh, okay, no, good. No, this, but I was like 19. <laughs> But you're with your mom, so it feels like you're still kind of a kid, I guess. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like, appreciate that. As a dad. <laughs> so today, this is another episode of 
Alan's really struggling with something. So let's do an episode about it. Not just Alan. Alan and Alexis. This is something that we both struggle with. And so we wanted to get some tips on it because we, Alan and I were both very patient people before we had kids. Like we don't yell at each other growing up. Like I, I didn't yell at my sisters when we fought, like I had sisters who would yell at me and I would just talk like fiercely back, but in a quieter tone, like I didn't even, I didn't yell. Yeah. And I was the peacemaker. Like with everybody freaking out around me, I was the one that would keep my cool and like calm people down and make people laugh. And then I had kids. And now that we have five kids and it is just hard not to yell at them. I mean, we don't yell all the time. We, I feel like we do pretty good. And like, sometimes we have outbursts and we yell at them. But It's like the old saying goes, yelling is the universal language. I've it's, never heard that. No, it's not the same, but it oh. should be. <laughs> Like, I haven't heard that one. <laughs> I think they say love is the universal language. Oh. <laughs> but yelling it seems to be the only thing our kids understand sometimes. And you just kind of get to that point where, like, they are not hearing me. Or the noise level is so loud, like, you can't you can't just speak to them because they're not – they won't listen. And so then you have to yell. Or you just get frustrated and you yell. Or they're sassy little buggers and they'll say no to your face until you yell and they know you're serious. Mm-hmm. So here we are. So Alexis did some research and I hope it's good because <laughs> I need it. So the first um, article that I found, it kind of talked about like why we're yelling and why we get to that point. And I liked some of the things that they said. So I thought we would talk about this that. This person's crazy, by the way. Well, I liked the first half of this article. Then the second half went a little too, uh, I don't know what the right word is. But I just felt like they're the way that they should. Very Freudian. Yeah. Very I've, like everything you do is based on the first five years of your life. Yeah. And I don't agree with that. And not that that's all not true, but to blame everything on that. Yeah. Yeah. And so first half was good. Second half was a little weird. And so I looked at a couple of different, um, articles to find some other tips that I felt better about (laughs) that you could actually like do. So, um, so that first article, she talks about how, um, yelling is not necessarily your fault. So I think that's why I liked it. Like, it's not your fault. Life's hard. (laughs) I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we do that. Um, But the reasons that she gave was that, you know, we have routines and high expectations on how we're supposed to be raising our kids. And, you know, that's kind of with social media and how we're comparing ourselves to other people. You know, there's a lot of advice out there again with, you know, websites and stuff. And people are always saying you should be doing this and you should be doing that. you know, and that's, that makes it hard because it's a lot of information and not necessarily all of it's going to work for your kids. And one of the other things is that we kind of take it personally. And um, if our kids aren't performing well, then we blame it on ourselves. You know, Alan's kind of talked about that before, how he's felt that like, if my kids aren't doing well, it's because I'm not a good parent. It's a reflection on me. Totally. Um, And also stress. And so I think that's, I think that's one of the biggest things for me about when I yell is because I am stressed and there's a lot of different reasons that you do get stressed and then stress, it damages your memory. I've even heard of people who it affects their motor skills. Like that, that one's real. Like I've heard of people, like they have so much stress that it affects them physically. Like it makes you feel sick or it makes, um, you know, parts of your body not work correctly. So that's legit. Gives me the runs. Okay. TMI. Um, you know, and then we don't sleep as well, um, because we have a baby and that's makes you more stressed and your patience more limited. 
I like this analogy that she gave about a saber tooth tiger. And so it's kind of like the fight or flight type thing. Like, <laughs> I think that that's, that's true. Long-term stress does crazy things to you. Mm-hmm. And we are an eight year experiment <laughs> in that. <laughs> so much stress all the time. <laughs> it's really not. And it's not just the kids, right? It's everything that kids bring like financial difficulties and well yeah and like work stress like alan has a new job and there's stress with that there's stress with um you know we just moved and trying to figure out right it's way more stressful with kids yeah trying to figure out life and stuff so the kids on top of that plus then the kids are stressing you out too because they're young and they're trying to figure out life and they are struggling at that yeah So there were a couple other articles that I found that had some good tips to help how to be more patient. So I thought maybe we could focus on those. Here we go. The positive stuff. So there was an article in Psychology Today um, by a psychologist who talked about three ways that you can be a more patient parent. Number one, be an active listener. Listen rather than lecture. Okay. Don't try and not judge this article too fast. <laughs> I like your deep breath. That was nice. But... <laughs> It's so hard for me when they say be an active listener or anything that takes a lot of time because I have five kids. I would love to listen to my kids, but I never have one kid yelling at me. I have two to three to five kids yelling at me. (laughs) And so I can't like take everyone into a room and have a conversation with them. Because it is often that all five of them need you at once. Like this is, you know, this is really does happen. It's like, okay, I can help one kid, but I can't help five kids at once. But I totally agree. Like if you can go, And take that one kid away and talk to them. Like usually that solves 199.9% of the problems, right? Like if you can sit down and talk to them and they feel like you're hearing them, most problems go away. Except, so here's where it didn't work. So tonight I was putting the boys to bed and I was talking to Nathan. So Nathan kept bugging Jack when I was trying to read a book to Jack. And, you know, so I tried talking to Nathan afterwards. I'm like, okay, I'm going to try the things that I read. I'm just going to talk to Nathan and see what was wrong. And he just told me how I, it was because I'm so bossy. It's because you're bossy mom. And you're always telling me what to do. And I'm like, so you want to just hurt Jack? Is that what I'm getting from this? Is that you're frustrated that I told you to stop bugging him and that makes me a bossy person. So I just felt like I was getting nowhere with him. Like we, I tried to like tell him like the reasoning why we shouldn't bug our brothers. And, That's not you being know. an active listener. <sighs> Maybe not, you but mean. I was frustrated that he kept telling me that I was bossy. And so I don't know. Maybe I wasn't listening good enough. Then. <laughs> yeah. I think it's hard, especially with the three-year-old because listening to three-year-olds is. No, he's four. Yeah. And now for a quick break. The heart behind the I'm on podcast is storytelling because every mom has a story to tell. I know that when I talk to my friends who are parenting and we share stories, we all end up feeling less alone and more capable of loving our kids well. You can find information everywhere on the internet. Some is bad parenting advice and some is pretty wise. We like to think there's a lot of wisdom on imom.com. And when you combine that signature wisdom with a great story, it brings parenting to life. We want a mom who's listening to see herself and her kids in these stories and rest in the confidence that she is the perfect mom for her kids. Check out the iMom podcast with new episodes every Monday. So I don't know, maybe he's too young or maybe I just need to ignore that he's, well, what are the tips 
later was, or I think from that article Spoiler. later. Yeah. It was not to take it personally. And I think, I guess I'm taking it personally that he's calling me bossy. Cause I'm like, I'm your mom. I'm not trying to boss you around. I'm trying to help you be a good person. You know, yeah. he's getting fed that from Chloe. who's a little older and knows how to kind of push buttons better. Cause Chloe's line right now is, why are you being so mean to me? It's like, it's called discipline, Chloe. <laughs> Son of God. You deserve it. You're being bad. <laughs> it's because we said, if we have to talk to you again, this is going to happen. And then we talk to you again. <laughs> like, it's not being mean. That's we you choosing you. <laughs> to take this punishment. So I like it. I agree with it. But it's hard to do and hard in practice when you have multiples. I do think... Cammy, who is seven, almost eight, she's better at, you know, like saying her feelings, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit of why she's doing something. I feel like you can talk for a little bit more. So maybe yep. it is kind of an age thing and not taking it personally with little kids, but. That's true. After there was like a, an incident outside tonight that ended all fun immediately. <laughs> and I didn't yell, but I did like, okay, right now, everybody go inside, get your peaches on, brush your teeth and get ready for bed. And I don't want to have to tell you again. And so I said that all in about that tone of voice, but Cammie was at the heart of that incident and she did talk to me later and she explained it. She's like, Hey dad, I know you think that I didn't do this, but this is what happened. And I did try to avoid this, but Nathan, anyway, we had a productive conversation. And so I think you're right. We're trying to get this happening with two year olds and four year olds and, yeah. Six-year-olds, but like some of it's going to take time. And in the examples in the article that he gave with this, he was talking about 12 and 13-year-olds, you know? So I'm like, yeah, that's a little bit older than our kids. Yeah. So maybe start trying with the little kids, but no, it, maybe it's not going to be super effective until a little older. See if you could farm out your younger kids. They should have farm teams for kids. <laughs> you know, send them to Arizona and just let them run around outside until they're eight, nine. <laughs> they could take them back. Wait, that's a business idea. Don't steal that. Patent pending. <laughs> I think it's called boarding school. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> that sounds gross and mean. It needs a new brand. Farm team? That sounds like I'm getting them ready. That's true. All right. Work on that. Copyright patent pending. <laughs> We're buying a ranch in Arizona for kids. Number two, slow down. Stop and think about what it is that you want them to change and then explain that to them. I love this. Because so often you like just talk to the one moment or the one behavior and it's often negative. And if you stop and think about it first, one, it makes you like calm down and say it without like overreacting. And two, you can flip it around. You can make it positive. You can make it address the core behavior. Like we are kind to our siblings rather than like, stop touching Jack, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's great. Again, that's a good example. I want to slow down. I want to not <laughs> yell. Like by the time I've yelled, it's too late. So it's this is just something that's so hard in practice. Yeah. Because all of these things sound great. I know I should do all these things, and they work when I do. But most of the time, by the time I realize I should have done it, I've already exploded at the kids. That's so take that or wind it back. <laughs> But I liked your example of with Jack. Instead of saying, don't touch them, then say, we need to be kind. You know, Generally, like, in my head, the ideal it. situation would be like, take a deep breath, go over and squat down 
in front of the kid that's being a problem. Be eye level. And talk to them patiently and say, hey, what you're doing is a problem. Will you, you know, how can we, and then talk to them about the positive behavior you want them to exhibit Mm -hmm. instead of freaking out about the bad behavior that they won't stop doing. Mm -hmm. It's just so hard. Another example I gave was like. You'd be doing squats all day. Squats? Squatting down in front of kids. Oh. <laughs> hey, you, I need to talk to you and be positive. There you hey, go. Hey, you, I need to squat down and be positive with you. Hey, you, I need to be positive with you all day long. Exercise while you're doing it. That's yep. good. Cardio. <laughs> One of the examples they gave too was talking about like, you know, if you tell your kid to go clean their room and then they, you go up there and it's not cleaned and you can look around and be like, okay. Punishments. The room doesn't have to be 100% clean all the time, but. What part is not acceptable? The clothes on the floor. Like, I don't want the clothes on the floor. Mm. So then you say, you know, talking about your expectations of, okay, you know what? I really don't want clothes all over your floor. When you take them off, can you please put them in your laundry basket or, you know, or whatever. So kind of walk through your expectations with them and don't expect, you know, too much, but what you can live with, you know? Yep. The next article gives some other tips. The first one is give yourself a timeout. And this, I think... I love, I don't think I love it. I know I love it. I think it's really good. I think it's good for two reasons. One, because it's effective. Often what you need is just like a break. And two, I think it is a really good example for your kids. Because so often we try and give our kids timeouts and we say that like, this is just to help you because you're, you're stressed or you're frustrated right now. And we want to give you time to go and feel better before you come back. Yeah. They're not necessarily like timeouts. You need to sit in the corner for five minutes, you know, or I'm whatever. not a big fan of same room timeouts. Cause I think that just makes them bottle up their emotions. And I think that's true of us too, right? Like you need to go and read a book or scroll social media for five minutes. Uh, maybe not social media. Yeah. Don't do social media. You'll just see other people pretending to be awesome parents and make you more <laughs> so so, bad about yourself. <laughs> um, but we have our kids like, like, hey, you need to spend some time in your room. Like, do just they hate they hate it. it. And but it's like, so effective. They come back five minutes later and are often much, much better. Yeah, I'm like, you don't have to, you know, sit and do nothing. Like, go in your room and do something else. Like, you just need Ideally, time they away. Would. Yeah, like go go interact with your toys or something. Go yeah, go get your mind off of pestering a sibling. So I think this is great. Gets a little dangerous at times at our house to just leave all the kids. <laughs> Take the baby with you. Yeah, you'd have to take <laughs> fragile ones with you. Um, but if there's two two adults or you can trust your kids, then I think that's really, really good. Something I heard recently on a podcast was to try whispering instead of yelling. I'm so bad at you. <laughs> I think like that. I think when you're trying to like tell them to stop. In theory. So I don't know. They said that they this works with their kids, that if they whisper, that their kids will like actually listen to them. I am not so sure our kids will do that, but I thought maybe I would try it sometime and see if it would have, if it works. I like it. Give it a whirl. Yeah. Number three from this article, are these articles or just random tidbits these, from Lexis? These are random tidbits from multiple articles or things that I heard recently. We're just well-educated because we're good parents. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. The third thing in this list Lexis made for me <laughs> is make expectations clear and consistent. I think this really goes back. I think your mottos can help you with this, where if you have like these things that you say over and over again, Mm -hmm. and you bring everything back to those things, like, so if you had something about being kind as one of your mottos, then you could go back to that motto about we're kind to each other or something Mm -hmm. rather than this specific thing. You don't have to like think of what's the core behavior. I want them done. Like hopefully you have a motto and can just revert back to that. And that was our last episode. 
No, two episodes ago. So if you're not sure about how to do family mottos, go back to two episodes. Yep. We'll let you know. 38. Yeah, 38. Because I think sometimes it's hard to to be clear and consistent if you don't have that. So yeah, this is something you definitely need to plan out in advance. Like think about, you know, what do you want to be teaching your kids or how do you want them to be cleaning things or how do you want them to be um, talking or socializing with other people, you know, come decide what you're going to do with your family. And then that way, when they aren't doing those things, you can go back to these are our key expectations for our family. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is to just adjust your busy schedule. So this kind of goes back to the stress thing. So if you're feeling stressed and you're yelling at your kids, because I usually find when we're late to something, I get really stressed. I start yelling at everyone like, where's your shoes on? I don't know where your shoes are and, you know, stuff like that. So... Um, maybe you are overbooked. Maybe your kids are involved in too much things. Maybe you're trying to do too many things. Um, if you can try to simplify, take a step back, you know, so that way you have more time in your day to allow to find shoes, you know, or to get things done that you need to around the house or whatever, and not be constantly running around and then you'll be less stressed and hopefully less likely to yell at your kids. <laughs> this one's good. That is all. <laughs> this one's good. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something like profound after that, but I was going to, but then good. nothing came. So just, it's good. <laughs> now we're definitely guilty of this. Alexis can't stop. Won't stop. She's always doing something and That's adding like we podcast with five kids because that makes sense. <laughs> it um, only takes a little bit of time on Sunday night. Nope. The, the, <laughs> all of the little things that only take a little bit of time on that one night add up they and do. we are, especially right now we are just at the point where like every single night there's something going on. So it's not, we don't, not that I recommend like Netflix and chill every night, but we Netflix and chilled zero of the last 28 nights because, <laughs> because we've just been like packed with different, like me with work and Alexis with stuff she's trying to do. And, it's just been too much. Like we've been stretched too thin. And so when it comes to parenting, even like putting the kids to bed is harder. Cause you're thinking about, Oh my gosh, I have to get this done. Cause I have so much stuff to do. And so you can't just like take your time and put the kids to bed the way you should. And yeah, so it's like the kids need to be bed now. So I can get stuff done I before I need right to go now. to bed. You know? Yeah. So it's really important to take some things out, but it can be hard. Mm-hmm. So to wrap up, parenting is hard. <laughs> And I am feeling it right now. So if you're feeling it right now, I am with you. It is in the same boat. It is so hard and kids can be so like just, they can grate at you and make you feel like a terrible, terrible person when I know I used to be a good person and now I'm just not. (laughs) Um, And, and so if you are there, then know that you're not alone. Um, But hopefully something that we talked about today can help like just pick one and, and try and do that and see if it helps. And if it doesn't throw it out and try something else, that's what we're doing all the time. And not very successfully. Um, <laughs> I feel like we throw out a lot of things. Like we try stuff. It doesn't work. We throw it out and we haven't found a lot of things that are like, yes, this definitely this works. Is us. <laughs> this like, this is how you parent. We're, um, yeah. we're very much in the process of trying to figure out what works for our family. And I think the biggest thing that's going to help is like, just let eight years go by. Um, <laughs> I think kids getting older is definitely going to help. <laughs> but in the meantime, we're going to try things. So, so there's definitely things 
that people recommend. You can be an active listener. Try not to lecture so much, but just get your kid alone and listen to what they have to say. Slow down. Think about what you're going to ask of your kid and then then say it. Don't take things personally. Your kids aren't doing bad things because of you. They're just kids. And then the other tips were give yourself a timeout. Try whispering instead of yelling. Make your expectations clear and consistent. And then simplify your schedule. You as a parent can't be stretched so thin that everything's stressful. And just be patient with yourself too. I think it's really hard, but be patient. Know that kids are hard and you're not the only one that thinks that. Um, and just keep trying new things. So you can follow us on Instagram at PIRL Podcast or Alexis Tanner Lane. Or you can tweet us. I'm at Alan T. Tanner. And I'm at Alexis Tanner 1. You can also email us at parentinginreallifepodcast at gmail.com or find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash P-I-R-L. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcast and give us a rating. We're up to 32. Yeehaw. What? Yeah, we got a new one. Thank you, whoever you are. And a special thanks to our five kids for being kids. Hello, everyone. And rep- <laughs> You're dead already. <laughs> Good thing you ended up with. That's rude, Lex. <laughs> Love you anyways. Mm. <laughs>